Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So today we're going to continue our series on uh, the Beatitudes called Happy People. And uh, I invite you to turn to <laughs> excuse me, Matthew chapter 5. Um, that should be page, I believe, 735 or 36 in your, in those soft cover Bibles there. It'll be on the screen as well if you'd like to follow along. Um, as you're turning there, this, uh, our family is currently in the middle of a decision-making phase. Um, we're considering a new vehicle. I don't know if any of you saw that. Yeah, my son is excited. He is, uh, <laughs> the minivan, I guess, is just not cutting it anymore. It's just not cool anymore. So he's looking, yeah, we're getting a new car. Something, something like that. Nice two-seater, something, something practical, you know, economical, good for the family. Um, you know, we're weighing practicality. We're thinking about what's most practical for our family, um, safety, reliability. Color is important. You know, color is important. Yeah, I've been told I, uh, my wife does not want a white vehicle. I'm like, okay, no white cars, all right? Um, we need something that is uh, resistant to Capri Sun and smushed french fries. So something along that order. Um, <laughs> and of course, you know, when you're, when you're, I'm doing all the research, I'm looking at autotrader, you know, dot com and cars dot com and looking at all dealerships and everybody's like, oh, I know somebody who's a dealer. I'm like, yeah, I know everybody knows somebody who's trying to sell me something. Um, so we're just, you know, doing our research, looking at consumer reports, trying to, trying to orient myself to what can we afford, you know, because that's at the end of the day, the thing that really you weigh your decision on is cost, right? Can I afford it? Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, you're like this, but I don't have, I don't have cash to go just buy a car in full and like, here you go. Like, just, I don't, I don't have that just laying around. Um, I don't have a payment presently on our van. We own it. And I like it that way. You know, we paid it off. It's nice. I want to keep it that way. But the problem is, you know, things keep falling off it. And it's like after a certain point, you know, becomes more of a risk management, you know, strategy here. Um, and so debt becomes a, you know, a conversation here, a loan. You know, I need I need a loan um, for this. Um, how much can I afford to pay? And what they're asking is, how much can we squeeze out of you, right? So I'm just thinking, how much can I afford? And you know, they're like, well, well, what's your monthly? I'm like, don't ask me monthly. You know, they like, don't worry about the end number. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? Don't worry about the end number. Don't don't worry about how much this is. Just how much could you afford a month? And is 70 months too long? Yes. Yes, that's far too long. No, no, we're not doing this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not mortgaging my future. I just need a vehicle to transport children back and forth to games. That's what I need. And it'd be great if it could be, you know, Capri Sun resistant. Um, but so the real question in debt is how much can I accept responsibility for paying back? That's the question. How much am I, how much am I willing to, to pay back? Debt is a complicated animal. Um, it, it really is. Um, you want a house, you want a car, you want to launch a business. Most likely, in the beginning, you're going to need to, right, have some sort of debt. Um, that's a reality for most of us. If I asked you in the room, you know, you don't have to, but I said, you know, how many of you have debt? My guess is that the majority of you would put your hand up. You know, that we've had some sort of debt. Whether I don't know, if maybe, maybe, maybe you're completely debt-free. You own your house, you own all your vehicles, you own everything. Hey, 
Sensei, teach me. Okay, like we're, we're working on it, but like I would love to get there. I'm just not there yet. Um, the average household debt in America, anybody have an idea? Average household debt's $132,000. That's the average household debt. Um, our world is full of debt. The current U.S. national debt, anybody know? 19 trillion. 19 trillion. This is the greatest thing. So the national debt clock. And if you look online, it can just see it just running, 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 running. And then it shows you how much we're spending and how much we're bringing in. That's a fun number. We're bringing in. <laughs> oh, that's great. We're spending, I think it's 600 billion more than we're taking in. Like that's the rate. We are spending at a rate of 600 billion more than we're bringing in. So the debt is not going away. Um, we have an, the average debt is a 60, I think it breaks down to $60,000 per citizen is what we owe in terms of national debt. That's just what we owe in terms of national debt. I'm not talking about private debt, just in terms of national debt. In addition to your personal debt, we owe 60000 per citizen, which is 165000 per taxpayer. Um, the reality is you're in debt you didn't even agree to. You're in debt for things you didn't even buy. Like you're just, we're just in debt, all right? Um, and the craziest part of the debt is that we can't ever pay it back. This national debt, like there's, it's, there's, the math doesn't work. You can't pay back $19 trillion. Um, and so our solution in our country, and I'm not making political statements, this is just reality. The solution is let's just keep spending. <laughs> well, yeah, since, since we're just playing with the house money anyway, why not just spend more, right? And so that's kind of the reality. I don't, I'm, I don't, hopefully you don't think that's a political statement. It's just sort of that's, look at the math. We're just spending more money. Um, and uh, that's not new. In 1992, I don't know if anybody heard this story. Anybody familiar with the name Dixie Lee Dorsey? Um, I will never forget this story. I heard my dad first share this story probably back in the 90s. Um, Dixie was, <coughs> excuse me, 30, <laughs> she was a 37-year-old widowed um, mother of two. She lived in a, uh, in a mobile home. She hadn't worked in 10 years, and her sole source of income was $480 a month from Social Security. Tough situation for, for Dixie. Would you loan her $44,000? American Express did. <laughs> um, Dixie took seven of the company's credit cards, including its prestigious gold card, and went on vacation. She went on a big vacation. <laughs> this is a true story. You can, go, you can read about it. She visited every country in Central Europe and took a side trip to the Greek islands. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> she just, yeah, hey, thanks, American Express. Um, when she returned home to Winter Haven, Florida, she did what a million Americans are expected to do this year. She filed for bankruptcy. She said, I was just having a good time. She told us to the judge, I was just having a good time. I wasn't worried about paying back any of it. She's just, hey, why not? You know, work the system. So she did. And she did. I mean, it was it was amazing. Now, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it. How many of you would do that? Don't raise your hand. How many? How many yeah, a couple of kids are like, yeah, that sounds good. Um, now, we can laugh. We can shake our head at that story. But let me ask you, what if what if she owed you that 44000 <laughs> It wouldn't be so funny, right? Um, I'm sure you've all had somebody at some point owe you money. Right. Anybody have anybody owe you money at some point? They probably you'd be able to lend them. And now there's different types of lending. There's like, hey, can I borrow some money? And you know they're good for it. You know, like I'll lend it to them and they'll pay me back. 
And then there's people you know that when you're handing, when the moment it comes out of your fingers, you know you will never see that money ever again. Like sayonara, it's gone. You know what I'm talking about. You lend them the money, it's not a loan. You just, you're just giving it away. It will not come back to you. You know, you have a little, you know, prayer and it's gone. Right? You, you know that. Um, when people owe us, we don't forget. We don't forget. Um, some of you are owed things right now. Some of you have people that owe you money right now. But the greatest debts in our life often have nothing to do with money. Like absolutely nothing to do with money. Um, when someone offends you, they owe you. Wow, it's quiet in here today. Anybody else feel like it's quiet in here? I feel like it's quiet in here. All right, so we're going to just go for it. Yeah, Jesus, help us. If there's anything, just give us what we need today. Help us to hear this. All right, amen. Um, If somebody neglects you, if they hurt you, if they take something from you, they owe you. When they do wrong by you, when they cause you pain, they owe you. People owe us. You know who they are. You know who owes you right now. And I'm not talking money. And you know what I'm talking about. There are people that owe you. They've done things to you. They've taken stuff from you. And you just... You got, you're keeping score. You know that they owe you. We've been looking at the Beatitudes, and these are eight statements that Jesus made about who the happiest people are. Um, and so far, they've not been who we think that the happy people are. He said that's the poor in spirit, those who are nothing, because they know they were going to have everything. He says those who are grieving, those who are not okay, right? Again, they're not okay, but they're happy because they know that they will be, that the comforter is going to come to them. He said it's the meek, those who aren't necessarily weak, but those who have their power under control. They keep calm and they tarry on waiting for God to do his good work. They don't try to control or manipulate situations. So it's the meek. And then he says those who are starving for everything wrong to be made right in our world. He says they're happy because it will be. So he's got like just these, but just it's so different the way Jesus comes at these things. So when we talk about debt, we include that injustice. So if, if you think about debt, and God is a God of justice. It means he will make all debts right, so he'll repay all debts, right? All of those will be paid for. Um, and that's what makes the next one so confusing that we're going to look at today. In, 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 in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, Jesus says, The next characteristic of happy people is this. God blesses those, or happy are the people who, because the word blessing means happy, means they're happy, they're, they're joy, deep-seated joy. He says, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So let's let's think about that. When I when I hear mercy, I don't know what do you think about when you when you hear the word mercy? Mercy. You think of the, the hospital, you know, there's, a, there's Mercy Hospital. I think of the I think of the playground game Mercy. Anybody remember playing Mercy? Anybody get two hands? Nobody ever played Mercy. Okay, you got a few. Come on. You put you get your hands up like this. Somebody else puts their hands up and you push and you try and squeeze their wrists back like this or the best move was to go inside out and then you get them underneath right because then they would they, you, you just there's just leverage just simple leverage they couldn't get it you twi- you, all right, but mercy whoever had the strong and you would go until the other person would say mercy so you would overpower them until they give i give i give in i give up i relent you win you're stronger than me you've got b- better wrists i don't know like um that's what mercy was. That's, so asking for mercy was a sign of weakness. Asking for mercy is a sign of weakness. And so then that makes me think that the one honoring the, the request, right, the mercy giver, is actually in a position of power. That's a position of strength. Okay? Now going back to debts, 
So if God says the one who gives mercy, does this, does this mean that the one who is owed is the stronger one? Okay, the one who is owed is the stronger person. And is Jesus saying here that the happy people are those who let those who owe them off the hook? They, they cry mercy and we go, okay, you're off the hook. I let go. I will stop inflicting pain on you. I'm going to let you off the hook. That the happiest people are powerful and let the weaker people not pay. Is that mercy? Because that certainly doesn't feel right. It definitely doesn't jive with my, with my understanding of justice either. Because God says every wrong is going to be made right. So then, what is mercy? What is this really about? Because it can be very confusing. And I think oftentimes when we hear mercy, we think, no, that's just not fair. Mercy isn't fair. It's not just. I can't do it because it doesn't work in my paradigm. Because it, it doesn't equal justice. They, they don't deserve to be let off the hook. So let's break down the statement. What's the deal here? Happy are those who are merciful. So mercy. What is mercy? So grace, let's start with mercy and grace. Because they go together often. Grace is very simply this. We sang the song Amazing Grace. Grace is getting the good that you don't deserve. That's grace. Grace is a gift. Comes from the word charis. It means gift. It's when you get something good that you didn't deserve. That's that's a gift. It's a grace in your life. Make sense? Like we know that's that's we say those things are a grace in our life. Right? Mercy is not getting the bad that you do deserve. Do you understand the difference? Okay. So grace is you getting what you didn't deserve. That's good. And mercy is you not getting. Boy, you, you, you deserve, but I'm not going to give it to you. That's mercy, right? Mercy is you deserve this, but I'm not going to inflict that pain on you. I'm going to relent. I'm not going to give it to you. It's not getting the bad that you do deserve. The best example of merciful people comes from a story that Jesus told. And this is what he said. Was captured in Matthew. Later on, it'll be on the screen so you can follow along. Matthew chapter 18 says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. Just keep going, Dustin. Sorry. Um, in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Okay, so this guy owes lots of money. All right, next verse. He couldn't pay. He couldn't pay. He, I mean, he's in debt. million bucks in debt. That's a lot of debt. So his master ordered that he be sold. Said, Whoa, that's intense. You owe money? Okay, so he's going to sell him to slavery along with his wife, his children, everything he owned to pay the debt. He said, listen, the only way you're going to make this raise is sell everything, yourself included. Okay, so the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me. I will pay it all. It will take me 400 years, but I will pay it all. I promise you. All right, he's begging for mercy. He's saying, mercy, I relent, mercy, please give. I can't do this. And his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. Master goes, okay. It's wiped away. You don't know anymore. Crazy. Crazy story. This is just a story Jesus is telling. Okay. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. You, 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 you smelling what's coming? Right? Okay, so let's go. Um, his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. Same scenario. Same story. Here we go. But his creditor wouldn't wait. 
He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Hmm. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. All right, so here we go. When some of the other servants saw this, oh, they were not happy. So they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. I mean, they were like, all right, we're going to give it to this guy. All right, so this is what happened. The king called in the man he had forgiven and said, did you just do what I think you did? He said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt of a million dollars, more money than you could ever pay. I, I forgave you of that because you asked me for mercy. You asked for mercy and I gave it to you. And he goes on. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? The angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Verse 35. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Oh boy, it's going to be a fun one today. How many are excited about where today's going? You can smell it already. You know, it's going to be a good one, I promise. Here's the deal. The merciful people are those who forgive others. And we need to really just clarify our understanding of forgiveness. It's really, really important. Because forgiveness, we need to understand this, is not simply saying you don't have to pay. It's not that simple. Forgiveness is costly. You end up paying what somebody else owes. That's forgiveness. Okay, here's the deal. If you eat my cannoli, oh, you know, you owe me. Like, you, you, you owe me, okay? For me to forgive you, to show you mercy requires, one, that I say you don't have to pay for that cannoli that you took from me, right? So I released you from the obligation to pay for the cannoli, and I assume payment for the cannoli that I did not have the pleasure of eating. Okay? So I pay for it, and you don't have to. It cost me the cost of a cannoli for you to eat my cannoli, but I assume the payment. Do you understand? I was in a, I was in a car accident a few weeks ago. A girl was texting. And hit the back of my truck. Fortunately, I drive an F-150. She hit the hitch. It wasn't pretty. She was in a, she was in a Corolla. She hit me doing 45. I was stopped. Boom! She only bent the hitch down. It was crazy. She didn't even get to my she didn't even get to my license plate. Her car like exploded. She was okay. She walked away. But the point is this: they did the inspection of my truck. It didn't look like a whole lot. Guess what? Two thousand dollars in damage to repair just a bumper and a tow package on my truck. Two thousand dollars. You know what forgiveness looks like? Forgiveness would be me going to that girl and saying, "Guess what?" Not only, you don't owe me. You don't owe me. But that's not enough, because guess what? My, my truck's still broke. So now I say, I will pay for it. I will pay for what you did to me. That's forgiveness. Forgiveness is assuming not only the penalty and paying it yourself, but alleviating them of payments. Saying, you don't owe anymore, and I will pay what you owe. For, do you understand? Forgiveness is costly. It's not enough just to say it. You have to actually assume responsibility for what they owe you. If you say something or do something hurtful, you owe. And forgiveness will mean I release you from the obligation or pay me for the hurt you did to me. 
And I assume the cost. You don't owe me anymore. I will pay for it. I will absorb the pain. I will not hold you liable. And let me say, forgiveness is not saying, listen, I'll pay it. You don't owe anymore. But I'm going to remind you about it for the rest of your life. <laughs> that is not forgiveness. It may be physical forgiveness where they don't owe you, but you will mentally and spiritually continue to attack them and say, you continue to owe me. I hold that against you. Because that's, that's a payment you will never be able to pay. How do you ever make it right with somebody? You can't. You can't undo what you've done. Forgiveness and mercy are costly. And here's the thing that's so interesting about God in this statement. He connects his mercy to ours. This is where it gets really, really heavy. Mercy happens simultaneously. Basically, if you go back to the statement there, he says, if you refuse to forgive, right? if you won't, I won't. If you will, I will. He connects them very, very, very closely. What do we know about the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our trespasses. What? As we forgive those who trespass against us. Right? It's, it's connected. He connects His mercy to our mercy. It's so interesting. And in case we don't think that's fair, how can God expect that of us? How could God expect me to forgive somebody else when he doesn't know what they've done to me? He doesn't know what they cost me. He doesn't know how much they hurt me and how much it's going to cost me to forgive them for that. I will never forgive them for that. Right. Am I exaggerating or do we feel this? But the truth this morning is that God always, always shows the greater mercy. He pays the greater debt. It's not like a bill and God goes Dutch down the middle. God pays 99% of it and you pay one. What you owe God is infinitely more than what anyone will ever owe you. The mercy God shows you is greater than any mercy you could ever show anybody else. See, God, here's what we need to know. He's the most merciful. In, Mar- in Luke, Mary's song, she finds out about Jesus, right? She's the Magnificat. It says this, He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear Him. Again in Luke, he says, Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. Tender mercy actually means bowels. From the bowels of God's mercy. The heart used to be, is, is our, that's how we talk about emotions from the heart. Well, it used to be from the bowels because it was deep inside you. All right? Give new meaning to the words like you move me, right? But the deep inside bowels of God, it says his tender mercy, the idea that God's mercy resides deep inside of him. And from deep inside of him, his mercy is for you. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. What? His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The best news of today, the best news you can tell you today is very simply this. Your debt is paid, period. That's called mercy. God paid what you owe. He did it on the cross. That's why we have a cross right there. To remind us. So we do communion. To remind us that God paid what we owed. God forgives everything. And you don't ever have to pay your debt. You know the song, you owed a debt you could not.
pay. And he paid the debt he did not owe. Can I tell you today, the happiest people gladly pay what they don't owe. Because Jesus gladly paid what they do. The happiest people gladly pay what they don't owe. Talking about two other people. They show mercy and they pay. It's costly, yes, but they pay gladly because Jesus paid what they do owe. So what? So what? You're going to walk out of here in a few minutes. So what? Two things to consider. When I ask you to consider what you owe, let's put this in context. What do you owe? What do you really owe God? I mean, really, what do you owe? Paul was a religious scholar. He knew everything about the religious laws. You can read his biography. He kind of wrote it in, in the Bible. He gives you, I mean, he's, <laughs> he knew, he was a scholar. He knew everything about Jewish law. If there was a chance, if there was a loophole at all in Scripture about how to be right with God, Paul would have known about it. He would have been the guy. And he came to this conclusion. He said, there's no way around it. This is what he said. He says, the wages of sin, the cost of my sin is death. He says, that's it. This guy who understood the law says very simply, it's a legal thing. You sin, you die. The cost of your sin is death. The only payment for my sins, for my shortcomings and my failures is my life. That is it. Nothing else is enough. The cost of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. That's what it costs. That's what we're all in the boat. And just in case you're not sure if it means us, he continues this. He says, for all have sinned. We all sinned and we all fall short. It's the glory of God. We are all, we're all sinners. We're all in the boat. We all owe. And the only, the only way you can pay it back, it's going to cost you your life. It's going to cost you your life. Everybody owes. Thankfully, Paul didn't stop there. In Ephesians, he wrote this. But God is so rich, so wealthy, so full in his mercy. And he loved us so much. You ready for this? Listen, this is great. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by grace that you've been saved. Can I ask you today, have you received his mercy? You owed your life. And God said, I'm going to show you such mercy. I'm not just going to show you mercy. I'm going to show you and you and you and you and you. Everybody gets mercy. I will pay everybody's debts. Come on. Everybody's debt in the whole world ever. I will pay what they owe. I take care of all the debt. I pay it. They owe. The penalty is going to be death, but I will give them life. He is so rich. God's got, I mean, God's got, in my day we say he had the cheddar. He's got money. God's got wealth of mercy, and he gives it to everybody. So think about what God is offering Jesus offers to pay what you owe because he loves you. What parent wouldn't want to help their child start over when they, after a failure? And we didn't just mess up. We were done. We were dead. We were over. Game over. It was done. And God says, mercy. We owed far more than we could ever pay. But Jesus, the reality is we live in a world 
people who owe. And they feel the weight of their guilt. There's a story of a father and a son who had become estranged. And the son ran away and the father set off to find him. He searched for months to no avail, couldn't find him. And finally, in the last desperate attempt to find him, he put an ad in a local newspaper. And it read like this. It said, Dear Billy, meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you. Your father. On Saturday at noon, 800 Billies showed up in front of the post office. I need all the mercy God wants to give me. We all need all the mercy God wants to give us. And our world needs all the mercy God wants to give them. We've got people that are desperate, desperate for someone to forgive them. They are, we're drowning under the weight of our debt. Not long before she died in 1988, in a moment of surprising candor and openness on television, Marganita Lasky, one of the best-known secular humanists and novelists, said this, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. She said, I have nobody to forgive me. I have great news for you today. Today is a new day. And Hebrews tells us this. The writer of Hebrews says that this. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Are you ready? There we will receive mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When you are feeling the weight of your guilt, of what you owe, the best thing to do is not run away from God because I don't want Him to. I owe Him. Guess what? He's the kind of God that says, run to me. Come to me. Come to my throne. Come to sit at my feet. And guess what he's going to say? Mercy. He's going to say mercy. It's waiting for you. This morning, are you ready to come to the throne of your king? So the first thing is consider what you owe. The second is this. Consider who owes you. Who has hurt you? Who has cost you? Who has drained you? Who has taken the most from you? Who could never repay you for all that they've done? Now let me ask you this. Okay, Think of it. You've got somebody in your mind. Do the math. Let's do the math. Is it worth rejecting God's mercy in your own life to make them pay? You do the math. Is it worth saying, God, I don't want your mercy because I want to make them pay? Is that a good trade? You do the math. But let me ask, is what they owe you worth your life? Is what they owe you worth your life? What is it costing you not to show mercy? William Barclay said this, There is one eternal, one eternal principle which will be valid as long as the world exists. The principle is this, forgiveness is a costly thing. Human forgiveness is costly. A son or daughter may go wrong. A father or a mother may forgive. But that forgiveness has cost tears. There was a price of a broken heart to pay. Divine forgiveness is costly. God is love, but God is holiness. God, least of all, can break the great moral laws on which the universe is built, which we said is justice. Sin must have its punishment or the very structure of life disintegrates. Somebody's got to pay. 
And God alone can pay the terrible price that is necessary for us to be forgiven. Forgiveness is never a case of saying it's all right, it doesn't matter. Be forgiven. Forgiveness is the most costly thing in the world. Mercy. Why are we saying this? Because you've got to go in eyes open. You've got to understand what we're talking about when we're talking about mercy. It's not just be nice and let people off the hook. This is a, this is a, a whole hog in all the way. I am gonna, I'm going to pay what you owe me. That's called mercy. Think about the person who owes you right now. Somebody who really owes you. So much it hurts when you even think about it. When you think about that person right now who owes you. What might happen if you were to show mercy to them? To tell them that they don't owe anymore. And that you're going to pay what they owe you. What might happen if you were to do that? I'm going to tell you what would happen. In Genesis chapter 33, we read about Jacob meeting his older brother Esau. It's the first time since he had deceived his father out of Esau's blessing. If you know the story, Jacob and Esau, Jacob's the younger brother, Esau's the older brother. Jacob's a rat. He's a weasel. He's a deceiver. And the father has got a blessing for Esau. And Jacob pretends to be Esau, and he takes it. He deceives his father into thinking he is Esau. Well, Esau, I mean, they said Jacob was like a wuss, and Esau was like this hunter. He was hairy. He was like a bear. And so now for years, it's been years, Jacob stole his brother's blessing and for he just, he runs. And Esau has been hunting Jacob. Revenge is on the menu. And now they come face, after all these years, Jacob is on his way with his family. And it says, he gets word that Esau is coming. Oh no. Oh no. He's going he's gonna to squish me, right? It's the pain is coming, you know. All those years, all revenge is going to be sweet. And so there's this moment. So Jacob just starts said, listen, I'm going to start. So he starts sending gifts ahead. He's trying to butter up his brother. I'm going to send him goats and sheep and cattle and silver and gold and spices. And I'm just going to try and butter him up as much as possible so that when he, when he does finally get here, he only beats me up like half as bad. That's what he's trying to do. And when they meet, Esau refuses the gifts. And instead, he welcomes Jacob as a long-lost brother. And he embraces him. I've got to imagine that that was one of the most terrifying hugs in history for Jacob. He's like, oh no, he's going to hug me, but wait, where's the knife? Where's the knife? When's it coming? And it doesn't happen. And Esau just gives Jacob mercy. And Jacob's response is captured. This is what we read. It says this. Jacob insists. He says, I know you don't want these gifts, but if I have found favor with you, please accept them from me. He said this. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. He says, it is like seeing the face of God. Oh, to hear that. He says, mercy is like seeing the face of God. But that's not the most incredible thing about this story. Because if you know the story, what happened the night before this? Just a few hours before. If you remember, 
Jacob knew that his brother was coming, so he sends everybody on the other side of the river. He says, you go and wait and you go meet. i got to stay here and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just having a freak out moment. And it says, all night long, an angel came. It says, it wrestled with Jacob. At the end, Jacob's like, who are you? He's like, why are you? He's like, tell me your name. He says, he revealed himself as the son of God. He says, I am God. I am wrestling. He says, Jacob wrestled with God. And he, he couldn't win, but he wouldn't let go. But here's the point. For the entire night, Jacob had seen God face to face. When he says seeing Esau was like seeing the face of God, he knew what God looked like. He wasn't just making it up. It wasn't just a nice little sentiment. He's sitting there saying, let me tell you something. Mercy is what's on God's face. God's face is you don't owe, you don't owe, you don't owe, you don't owe. I love you so much. I pay for you. I love you so much. I don't, you don't owe. When you experience mercy, that's God. And when you are willing to show mercy to somebody else, you know what you do? You show them Jesus. You show them God. You want to know what power looks like? Looks like telling someone that not only do they not owe you anymore, but I'm going to pay what you owe me. And they may say something like this, why are you doing this? How could you do this? How could you how could how could you give that to me? And in that moment you can say Do you have a minute? Let me tell you about what's been done for me. Let me tell you. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist or an engineer. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need would have been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. And so God sent us a Savior. The happiest people gladly pay what they do not owe. Because Jesus gladly paid what they did. Jesus has gladly paid what you owe. So my question for you today is this. Will you gladly pay what others owe you? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's the message for this morning. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. Then I'm going to give you an opportunity to just reflect for a moment before we move on. Heavenly Father, today, Thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you for your mercy in our lives. Lord, we are so aware of our debt. Help us be ever more aware of it. Let us see what we really do owe you and what it costs. Lord, every time we do something wrong, every time we fall short, every time we indulge ourselves and refuse to respond to what we know is right, Lord, in those moments, Lord, we plead for mercy. And in those moments, Lord, that we find ourselves down and aware of ourselves and just feel like we've just we've really blown it. But let us not run away from you, but let us come boldly to your throne. 
Or we don't run away, but we run to you in our time of need. Because in your presence, there we see your face, and your face is full of mercy. Every day, your mercy is new. We cannot exhaust your mercy. Yet, enough for all of us. So, God, I thank you for your mercy. And today, God, I ask you to help us to be merciful. Lord, may we not just be merciful because out of religious obligation, or because we think it's the right thing to do, or because we think it makes you happy. But, Lord, may we be merciful because of how merciful you've been to us. Let that be our singular motivation. Because of what's been done for us, let us respond with mercy towards others. Lord, it's not fair. You didn't have to pay for our debt. But in love, you did. Grant us love for others. Such love that we can pay what they owe. And Lord, in that, may we be given an opportunity to express to them why we're doing what we're doing. We're in awe of who you are, God. May this world know how much you love us and the mercy that you offer each one. This world desperately needs to know that. That you're willing to pay everything that they owe. I thank you. You are good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.